You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. It's really unfortunate, you know, anytime you had a setback like that on any player. Um, I thought he was, you know, for a true freshman that has been here for a short time, I, I really was pleased with how he was progressing. I don't think he was going to go in there and start, but he was definitely in the conversation of, of playing. Um, so that's unfortunate, and we'll have to just uh, hope for the best and get him back as, as quickly as we can. But he was having a good camp. Is there kind of a quiet confidence about this team right now as you guys go about your business here in camp? Oh, yes, I, I definitely think we're, I definitely think it's like one of the better teams I've been on right now. We have all the tools and everything we need to do to be successful in like the Big Ten, and, you know, uh, against our non-conference opponents. So I definitely think, you know, this team, our defense is playing with some attitude. They got swag and everything like that. So we're just going to be good as long as offense is going to, you know, do their job and defense, I know they will. Well, fall camp now well underway as Nebraska now with uh, over 10 practices now in the books as they make their way to that magic number of 29 practices before their season opener against Arkansas State. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and Nate Klaus. Later on, we'll be joined by David Eichold in, in the mailbag. But uh, you, you knew it would happen, guys. Um, every August, there's going to be some kind of injury. There's going to be, obviously, your typical soft tissue injuries. And that's going on right now with some guys like um, Trey Bryant's got a, his minor knee injury and um, you, you've got uh, J.D. Spielman out with, with his minor bumps and bruises, Keon Williams. But the big one was Javon McQuitty. Um, and, and this is huge because you, you look at the numbers of the receivers the Huskers have to work with. You look at uh, the last two recruiting classes on campus right now. Tyjon Lindsey was the only one practicing for Nebraska. Spielman's out. McQuitty's now out for the year. Keyshawn Johnson Jr. is not on campus. Um, so it, it's really kind of put the young receiver position in limbo uh, now as McQuitty uh, out for the season with a knee injury, Robin. Yeah, I mean, it just makes you kind of shake your head a little bit because uh, it seems like this is a yearly occurrence that you know Nebraska is left in a position where they're scrambling – uh, to just fill out their wide receiver roster, bringing on walk-ons to, um, you know, kind of complete the mid midway point through fall camp until the rest of the team gets there, and they're in that situation once again. And you know, you look back on it, that um, really adds a little salt in the wound of you know Keyshawn Johnson Jr. not being here right now because uh, he would be getting a whole bunch of work right now if he were on campus. And now, um, you know, there was a point during Thursday's practice where they had guys like Todd Honus, Brett Clausen, Brian Reimers lined up with the second like team offense. a Shrine offense. Bowl all-star yeah. unit of receivers. And no knock against those guys, but, I mean, this is a team getting ready for their first game, you know, in a couple weeks here, or maybe three weeks. And so, um, obviously, like I said, it's not unusual, um, but the fact that, once again, Nebraska is left in such a bad spot at the wide receiver position, particularly, um, is you know kind of makes you frustrated that you know, this kind of seems to be like an annual occurrence. Well, what you what you can't have or can't afford to have happen is is for other injuries. Now, I mean, um, I think you have to be pretty darn careful with how you use Demorne Personnel and Stanley Morgan Jr. going forward. I mean, those are going to be the two bell cows this year, and I think you have to to really really be protective with uh, with exactly how you use them over the next three weeks of fall camp and then uh, even during the season. I mean, you're going to need those guys all year long. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it is definitely an un unfortunate situation for Javon McQuitty, especially since he was just coming off of a shoulder injury that kind of kept him out of, uh, you know, the majority of, of spring football. Well, and you, you look at it, guys, as we discuss things here on the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, McQuitty was going to be probably the seventh guy when you broke down that top six. Uh, I think the the first six were fairly well established, but nonetheless, 
Um, they, Nate, it's just a lack of bodies in recruiting uh, that they have the last two years, and, and it's concerning, and it puts even more pressure on this 2018 class. Yeah, it most definitely does. They have three commitments in this 2018 class right now at the wide receiver position, um, You know, going for at least one more, maybe a fifth now. I mean, depending on the status of Keyshawn Johnson Jr.'s return in, in, in January, uh, potentially, and then um, you know, with with the injuries that have that have kind of taken place here, but uh, you look back at, at how the last couple of classes have kind of shaken out, and um, and it's kind of been a snake bitten group. I mean, you got Desmond Fitzpatrick that that kind of flaked out on Nebraska at the eleventh hour. You you've got Jameer Calvin. Um, you know that that did the same thing more or less to Nebraska, and then uh, of course you, you they missed out on uh, Joseph Lewis last year. Well, and too. the kid that was on campus and left in August last year. Yeah, um, what was Darion Grimm? Yeah, I mean, I mean that that was just a strange situation. So yeah, though everything about it is is pretty weird. And uh, but the bottom line is it, it has definitely put Nebraska in somewhat of a predicament here because, um, like I said earlier, there's it's the chances of them going an entire season without anybody getting kind of banged up or, or missing a game or two here is, is are pretty slim. Well, camp is well underway. And I, I think as we look at things overall, Robin, I, I sense just this quiet confidence about this team. I asked the Vino Zigbo that after Thursday's practice and everybody just has this feeling like, yeah, doubt, doubt us, but this team is different. And Ozigbo even told me today that he thinks this is the best team he's been on in his three years. And, you know, they've had some good teams with NFL players. Uh, granted, one of them was a six-win team. They did beat Michigan State and UCLA that year, and the other was a nine-win team uh, a year ago. But we all know that was a very kind of fool's gold nine-win team with um, how it all kind of circulated towards the end. Uh, but there's just a, a weird feel about this team that you sense with guys right now in camp. I think a big reason for that is um, players and coaches get to see the things that are really the biggest questions facing Nebraska entering this season. And they, first and foremost, they know how good Tanner Lee is. You know, they they see him every day out there, and just how he compo- you know composes himself in the huddle, how he leads the team, and just kind of his his leadership demeanor um, that is really impressive. You know, once you're actually on the field watching him in action. But you know, people outside of Lincoln, they don't get to see that. And so, I mean, that that's one thing that's um, you know, kind of hovering over Nebraska as kind of a bit of a dark cloud. And then the other part of that is on the other side of the ball. Um, the transition of this defense under Bob Diaco's system is going significantly faster than I think most people would have anticipated. You basically talk to any coach and any player that's you know going to be in a relatively um, you know high role, uh, they all tell you the same thing that the things are starting to really click, uh, despite the fact that you know they're only a spring and summer and uh, you know halfway through fall camp into getting this thing kind of developed. Uh, there it seems to be like guys, guys are just really processing it, and there's a comfort level now uh, to where guys not only understand what they're doing, that's allowing them to play you know with max effort. And those two things combined have really made for kind of an impressive start to this deal. And so we look at some of the issues that are going on on offense, you know, particularly with the offensive line and, um, you know, things on that end. Part of that is because this defense is playing some darn good football right now. And so, I mean, I think those two things in particular are why guys within the team feel a whole lot better about their chances this year than people that maybe don't get to see those types of things on a daily basis. 
I think it boils down to the confidence everywhere. I mean, I, I think the the depth across the board on both sides of the field um, or both sides of the ball is better than it has been uh, for the past couple of years. And and again, the the confidence, especially on that defensive side of the ball. I mean, these guys they've got a little swagger to them. Um, you know, they've completely bought into everything Bob Diaco is talking about. You know, all the coaches on that side of the football are all real energetic guys and and even have a little bit of swagger about them themselves. And, and I think that's definitely rubbed off on these players, you know, for Luke Gifford to say that during this summer, you know, during like seven on seven, you know, voluntary workouts, how uh, those guys felt more comfortable with Bob Diaco's defense this past summer than they had uh, in the previous defenses since he's been in Nebraska, you know, just in a couple months. I, I think that that kind of speaks volumes as to where, um, you know, these guys are at and how they're feeling about uh, the systems that they're running. Well, we've got a full show here on tap. Uh, we're going to continue our fall camp discussion uh, in our next segment, then uh, we are going to talk some basketball. Uh, Robin did convince me to give him a basketball <laughs> segment this week, uh, but rightfully so as Nebraska uh, earned two commitments, one for this season that's eligible right away. I won't even try to pronounce his name from Iceland. And then Brady Hyman uh, from Springfield Platteview, um, a six foot ten, six foot eleven big man for 2018 committed to the Big Red. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, take your questions in the mailbag, and then Nate Klaus will close things off with some recruiting talk. That's all next here in this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I think those guys, being as young as they are, they they make rookie mistakes. Um, You know, they've really gotten a lot of similar reps and so, and it's very close that way. So it's not, it's not clear cut, but um, they both, they both have had kind of their days. They've both had good days, and then they've had, they've had some you know, freshman blunders. So we just got to keep giving them work. But I like where they're at. I just, you know, they have to be a little bit more consistent day to day. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and A. Klaus. You just heard from offensive coordinator Danny Langsdorf about that number two quarterback battle between Patrick O'Brien and Tristan Jebby. And I think a lot of people post-spring, Maybe just assumed O'Brien was the number two guy, but as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. Uh, Tristan Jebbia has put together a very impressive fall camp here uh, for the Huskers. Uh, he's looked strong, and, and, and that battle um, is interesting because he even came out and said it's not over right now, Robin. I got to wonder how much of that is just coach speak. Uh, did you watch Tristan Jebby on I Thursday? Did, I did watch him. And did he, you watch Patrick O'Brien on Thursday? I did. I watched them both, and they've both been very good. Tristan has been exceptional for a true freshman. That being said, it makes zero sense in my mind to burn the red shirt of a guy and make him your number two quarterback uh, just because he's slightly better than the guy, you know, in front of him or behind him. And I think that uh, the, the, we've seen it. How many times does the backup quarterback even play? And so I, I think that I, it, more than anything, it's probably just a way of Danny Langsdorf lighting a fire under Patrick O'Brien um, to the point where maybe in this fall with the quarterback pecking order seemingly uh, put in concrete, uh, you know, guys weren't, I guess, competing as hard as they were in the spring when, you know, there were jobs on the line. And so maybe they're trying to get back to that level of competition, stirring things up a little bit. But from a practical standpoint, I just, I don't see the value in, you know, doing this because you're really, <laughs> I don't think that would go over too well with O'Brien. And then, like I said, um, the number of opportunities for Jebby to even play uh, would be few and far between. 
Yeah, I don't think it would go over very well with O'Brien either. I, I think if, if Jebbia did land that number two spot, I think you'd be seeing O'Brien kind of explore some other options there. Uh, and, and if that were to happen, I think you then you'd have to see Nebraska get real serious about taking a quarterback in this 2018 class because they currently are not you know planning on taking one. But I think there's something to what you said, Robin. I think that it might be more of a motivational thing. But, but there's no doubt that Tristan Chevy is really talented. Yeah. I mean, and for him to be a true freshman to kind of have the grasp of, of the offense, be able to to uh, to kind of manage the offense the way he has. And, um, and you know, it's kind of the, the in, intangibles, too. I mean, he's got some great pocket awareness. I mean, he does things uh, at that position that we really haven't seen in a long time, and he's only a true freshman. So his future is, is certainly bright. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we discuss some more fall camp storylines here on this week's show. And, guys, another one on defense that, that's gotten a lot of attention this week is that battle at the dog linebacker spot, right? The the cat, yes, the dog. dog. Um, you, you've got the battle between Marcus Newby and Luke Gifford right now. And uh, what did, what was the crazy terminology that Bob Diaco used, Robin, for those two guys? Uh, they, they said cooperative. A, cooperative performance. It's not yeah. a battle. It's a cooperative That is about as Bob Diaco as it gets. <laughs> yes. Uh, and what he meant by that was uh, it really doesn't matter who your starter is, who your number two is at that position, and really a lot of other positions on that defense. He did say there are some exceptions, and he didn't point out them in particular, but you probably use your imagination. But uh, in a situation like that, at that dog spot, it doesn't matter who your starter is between Marcus Newby and uh, Luke Gifford because both of them are going to play, and both of them are going to play a lot. And they know that. And, you know, we talked to Luke Gifford shortly after Bob Diaco made those comments, and he said, yes, that's exactly our mentality. You know, we're, we're using each other as, you know, uh, resources. When I don't know something, you know, I go to him and they help each other out. They try and make each other the best they can possibly be because they are well aware that, you know, the starting role is a title. It doesn't mean anything. Both those guys are going to be huge factors in this defense and going to play in a variety of different roles as opposed to just, you know, that starting dog linebacker spot. Uh, I don't know if they were you know, if this was kind of a rehearsed thing or not, because Luke Gifford shot down the word competition and, and said it's not really a competition. Even Muhammad Barry, who doesn't play that position, said that in the linebacker room that it's not really a competition. Everyone is there helping each other out, and, and everyone's just trying to get better at, at the respective spots. So, uh, but, you know, and I, I think they honestly believe it. You know, I don't think it's just kind of, um, you know, I don't know, lip service, so to speak. I, I think they honestly believe it, and, and I think that's a good thing. It, the more the more depth you have there, the better, especially considering what that position was like a couple of years you ago. You know, Nebraska's really taken some lumps on the chin at linebacker the last two years, and I think finally they have the numbers too. And you add that with Bob Diaco's coaching, and then I think Trent Bray's an outstanding coach. What those two have done and then the depth they have – that might be the most improved position on this team. I think about this, guys. Two years ago, Adam Taylor was running on the field covering kickoffs because they didn't have enough linebackers. Right now, Adam Taylor's not even on the 105-man roster, and that kind of puts you know, some of the holes this roster had on it, Nate, in perspective. Yeah, there's no question. I, I think there were definitely certain spots that were um, deficient uh, of talent, to, to say the least, or, or of just depth. I mean, how many scholarship linebackers were there when? Five? When, yeah, four or five. Four or five. Actually, I think it was four, and then they moved Gifford, Gifford down to make it five. So uh, to what they have now, uh, I think they've like got – Like 20. Yeah, I mean, easily – 
I think they they're really solid too deep uh, at all four spots. Uh, so I, I think that uh, they have done an outstanding job, and um, you know I really like the way that that Trent Bray has kind of uh, evolved with his you know I, I, with his coaching position. Uh, it could have been kind of awkward when when Bob Diaco was hired and he said that he was going to have a hands-on approach coaching the linebackers, but uh, I like everything that I've seen and how they've been handling it, and I think the players do too. Well, and I think that the fact that not only they're deep they're young uh the potential in that group mm-hmm. is uh exciting um i mean it, uh muhammad barry like you mentioned uh why am I th- avery, roberts. avery roberts that's the name i was thinking of. i mean those guys are potential stars mm-hmm. avery roberts is going to be a dude in a couple of years and the fact that he is basically watching chris weber and learning everything about how to do it the right way you couldn't get a better mentor of uh, just how to go about the day-to-day uh, of being a team leader at the middle inside linebacker position so um, he's got all the talent and he's being groomed by one of the best and um, you can say that across the board, man. The, the, the young talent coming up at the linebacker position should be a big reason for excitement for Nebraska fans. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, uh, Chris Jones guys uh, out of the brace. I even saw him kind of running around, bouncing yeah, around. Was... I mean, I, now we don't know where he's at officially, but I'll tell you what, he, he looked better than I thought he would look uh, at this stage when they said it was going to be like a four-month deal. Well, if he's that far away, he's he's moving around pretty well right now. I was shocked to see him just stroll out onto the practice field, no brace. He's no, doing some footwork drills. Yeah, no, no limp or or anything. I mean, that was that was pretty surprising to me. And I don't know if that means he's ahead of schedule or if that's kind of you know standard with this type of injury and, and how he had it repaired. But uh, you have to. I mean, it's got to give you make you feel a little bit better that that he's out there moving around already. Yeah, I mean, definitely encouraging because uh, you know when that first happened, you didn't know what to think and um, you know how how close to that recovery time timetable they gave it was going to be but the fact that he is uh, making the strides he's had already is definitely a big reason for encouragement all right well we got a full show here still on tap we're going to talk more uh, football in our mailbag and recruiting segments we're going to shift over to some basketball talk it's been a very big week for nebraska basketball uh, they've landed a couple of new players one locally and one very far away uh, we'll get robin washett's take on all of that next here you're listening to the husker online show You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. We're talking some Nebraska basketball, yes, in August, because it's been a very busy August, uh, one that Robin Washett surely wasn't expecting to have this type of news. But let's start from the top, Robin. First of all, Nebraska, we learned their schedule. They added a new player for this year, and they've added a new player for 2019. 18. Uh, 18, excuse me, and Brady Hyman. Well, let's first get to this year. Um, and, and what can you tell us about Nebraska's latest edition that will be with them for 2017? Okay. Let's, we're going to sound it out here. I purposely did not say no, the that's name. Good, that's good. This is, this is going to be educational. Okay. Kid's name, from, he's from Iceland, and his name is Thorir Thorbjarnarsson. Thorbjarnarsson. So uh, he's a 6'5 shooting guard um, kid that's Nebraska. Um, you know, it seemed like it came out of the blue because as of this past Sunday, um, he was in Lincoln on an official visit, picked up an offer that night, and ended up committing on Monday. So it seemed like it was just this you know crazy out of the blue thing that happened out of nowhere. Realistically, though, Nebraska had been you know evaluating him for several months, going back to when Ali Farouk Manesh uh, was still on staff. You know, his international connections kind of got uh, Thor Year on Nebraska's radar, and they'd, they'd been watching him and. Um, as things kind of um, 
progressed, uh, you know, towards the, over the course of the summer, um, Nebraska felt the need to find someone to, to add a little bit more backcourt depth. And the reason why is because they're just not sure right now about what Anton Gill's injury situation is coming off that, you know, pretty significant um, knee injury he suffered last year. You know, he's not even going to be cleared to go through basketball activities until September. And so, you know, we don't know how he's going to come back after that. So Nebraska needed to find somebody um, just to, to add another piece to that backcourt rotation. And what they got was, uh, a, you know, like a true freshman, but a 19-year-old true freshman who spent the past three years playing internationally um, on the Icelandic national team. Um, he spent two years playing with the U18 team, um, including his first year playing up as a 17-year-old. And then last year, he was playing up with the U20 team. Um, he only averaged about seven points, five rebounds, two assists, so modest numbers. But that was a team that won a couple of games in the FIBA World Championship. So um, he's played against top-level competition. You know, he played in a professional league in a, uh, at, under amateur status in Iceland. Um, so he's you know got a wide variety of experience. And maybe his biggest um, attribute that I think he's going to bring to Nebraska is his basketball IQ um, and his kind of knowledge of how to play in space. I think that's something Tim Miles is really going to stress this year is get much more floor spacing in the half court to where you don't have uh, teams just packing the lane. And so you got a guy that is at his best when he's slashing the lane, um, you know, creating his own shot uh, off a floater or getting to the rim or kicking out to his teammates for three-point shots. And so, I mean, I think that's where you're going to see him make the biggest impact. And again, with Anton Gill's status kind of uncertain right now, he's got a chance to make an immediate impact. You know, what's interesting to me, Robin, is really there's nothing for Nebraska to lose on this. Yeah, um, they had open spots. Um, if you don't give it to him, you're giving it to some walk-on that you know is never going to play. So you're just taking a chance on a guy like this, knowing that, hey, if he gives you something, it's a bonus. If he doesn't really work out, he probably moves on. Yeah, and, and you know, again, like I said, it, it also is a position of need potentially. I mean, if Anton Gill um, isn't ready, I mean, you're you're looking at a pretty slim backcourt with a lot of young players going to be asked to play some significant minutes. And so now you add another piece to that uh, guy who's played a lot of high level basketball. And um, like I said, I think in, in in some way we'll be able to play a role this year. Well, moving on now, uh, the Huskers take an in-state player in Brady Hyman for the class of 2018. He's a nearly a six foot eleven. Uh, kind of four to five man, depending on, you know, where he'll probably be a five man at Nebraska, but can play the four Robin. And um, it's the first in-state high school player Nebraska has taken. Now, uh, Deverell Biggs was a junior college uh, in-state name. They added a couple of years ago, um, but left. Uh, but this is the first in-state guy since Jason DeRusso and Wes Wilkinson. And Roy Enright, that, to that 2002 class that signed in the fall of 01. I mean, that's the last time Nebraska's um, gotten a commitment from an in-state kid out of high school. So, um, you know, if nothing else, this is great from a PR standpoint. The fact that they're taking a local kid um, who's regarded by a lot of people as one of the better players in the 2018 class in the state, you know, maybe top two. Uh, Who would be the other guy with him? Ed Chang, who's uh, committed to Washington. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was, is good enough. I mean, he has D1 offers. Um, Nebraska was his first high major, but Creighton quickly followed, although Creighton offered in a weird way to where they wanted him to go prep school um, following his senior season, so he wouldn't actually join the Blue Jays until 2019. Um, but basically, as soon as Nebraska offered, he knew he was going to come here. And looking ahead, uh, I would be stunned if he doesn't redshirt his first season. Um, Nebraska's already talked to him about it, and he said that he's already willing and open um, to redshirting. He knows he needs to bulk up in a major way. You know, he's 6'10", 6, 6'11", 6, but you know, only about 195, 197 pounds. So he needs to add about 20, 30 pounds of muscle 
uh, for him to be a viable center in the Big Ten. So, you know, a couple years of strength and conditioning, I think, could do wonders for him, um, especially once he gets to Lincoln um, next year. Um, we've seen how quickly guys can transform their bodies under Tim Wilson's program. So uh, I think that's what you're kind of looking at as far as his schedule. I mean, you know, he's going to get to Lincoln. He's probably going to redshirt and then um, just try and bulk up to that frame. And speaking of schedule, uh, we finally got the final installment of the non-conference schedule um, you know, we already knew the quality games, the Creighton game, the the game against Kansas, the the tournament over Thanksgiving, and then you know some of the other games, ACC, Big Ten Challenge. But now we kind of learned the what the the guaranteed games where you're playing teams that you're basically trying to get wins on. And what jumped up to me, Robin, is we're going to see some Friday night games. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember the last time that's happened. I've been a season ticket holder. Um, since they've been to PBA, and I remember some exhibition games like against South Dakota on a Friday a couple years back, but they're going to have two Friday night games this year in December. Well, and that's new this year because the Big Ten backed off its stance where they, uh, in the past, wouldn't play on Mondays or Fridays. You know, Monday was kind of always the Big 12's day, and they didn't really want to you know, mess go, with that yeah, go up against that but now that's that's off the table now and so basically any day of the week um, you can play games as a member of the big 10 and so nebraska has two friday night games and even a monday night game um, that and that's play. better than sunday oh i agree i mean sunday's like the worst because you know at least monday you know you're getting that prime time slot it's you know sunday's a different day and so um you know nebraska really doesn't have very many sunday games um altogether uh, but the two Friday night games, is, uh, I think, is going to be great. And maybe here's the most important thing about those bye games you're talking about. <laughs> the past, what, two or three years, Nebraska has lost that you know pre-Christmas break Sunday bye game. Well, they're not going to lose one of those this year because they don't play one. <laughs> All their bye games the rest of the way are not on Sundays. And I think that makes such a huge difference because, uh, you know, a Sunday 1 o'clock game uh, it's just dead. The, cr- the crowds. It's awful. It's basically you're playing in an empty arena. Uh, and so now you're kind of moving those around to where you're playing, uh, you know, Delaware State and Stenson on Friday nights. And so, I mean, you're going to get a crowd in there. It's going to be a lively atmosphere. And that should naturally help avoid those kind of yearly letdown games that we've been seeing lately. Yeah, I really like uh, whether it was Mark Bame or Tim Miles, whoever made the the call to go Friday. I think that's going to yes. be a good thing um, for the, uh, the rail yard area. Um, you know, they couldn't get those Saturday afternoon games. And we'll find out when uh, the conference schedule comes out, Robin, if Nebraska will get some of those coveted Saturday, January and February games. Yeah, they didn't get a single Big Ten home Saturday game uh, last year. Uh, they only played two Saturday games all season. So uh, the fact that they already got, you know, a couple of them in the non-con is good. And hopefully they get a couple more in the conference slate. Uh, last thing, uh, Isaac Copeland, depending on what his redshirt status, if he's not eligible for the start of the semester, he will be eligible December 16th against Kansas. So he will miss the first 11 games of the season, including the first two Big Ten games, if he doesn't get that medical hardship waiver. All right, when we come back on the show, we're going to take your questions in the mailbag. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, guys are working hard. Guys are trying hard. Um, There's just a higher understanding of what we're asking them to do. And we've got a long, long, long way to go. We're uh, a work in progress, and it's going to take time. And uh, and like you're pointing out, it'll take game time. I said earlier, uh, I think it has a lot to do with the way Coach Diaco teaches the defense. Um, you can conceptualize and 
and put things together. When you know one thing, then you can you can learn the other thing pretty fast too because they're so similar. Um, from package to package, we do a lot of similar things. If you can start picking up on one thing, then a lot of times you'll you'll pick up the other thing pretty fast too. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and A. Klaus. We bring in now our intern, David Eicholt, for the mailbag, as you heard from Bob Diaco and then Luke Gifford about just how this defense is coming along under Diaco here in year number one. And uh, we bring the mailbag uh, back, and I think it's going to be with us now, David, uh, from here until at least the end of football season. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's been asking for it. It's been very, very highly anticipated, and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to make this return respect my decision. we got to start paying you again to buy those big baller shoes, so uh, we got to get you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, what do you got this week? Who made the single biggest leap between the spring and week one of fall camp? Ooh, um, the end of spring? End of well, I mean, between the spring and the so week from, one from, of fall from camp, from day one of spring to yeah. day one of fall. I'd say Luke Gifford. Yeah, yeah. that'd be my. He's right up there at the top, for sure. I mean, I think when you look at where he was at under Mark Banker, he was a special teams kind of spot guy, non-factor. Got reps in the BYU game a couple of years ago, and that was really it. And then battle injuries. Uh, but with his size, he is such a fit in the 3-4. On Thursday, I saw him fire in there on a third and long blitz, and he just, I mean, he would have annihilated Tanner Lee. And I, I think he is going to be a factor. Yeah, I'm going to go Eric Lee. Uh, you know, he came out of spring ball as the number one nickel, and then obviously the Chris Jones situation, the the door of op- window of opportunity opened wide open for him, and he took advantage. Right now I think that he's in position to be that other starting cornerback opposite Lamar Jackson, and um, he's, he's kind of picked up where he left off this spring and uh, kind of a revival of his career because, you know, after two seasons it was kind of a question of where he was actually going to fit in in this secondary, and you know, you got to give uh, all the credit in the world to him um, for capitalizing on you know a chance to turn things around for himself. Well, since you guys have taken the two <laughs> that I was gonna to pick, I I think I, I'd have to go with probably Muhammad Barry. Um, you know, I think he's a guy as a redshirt sophomore. Um, you know, came in with a lot of high expectations, um, and and last spring you you kind of saw the the light go on with him and uh and now he's you know the backup uh behind Dedrick Young and and is definitely going to be somebody I think that's going to see a lot of time and and I'm uh, just waiting for him to get an opportunity because I think he's going to uh, make a couple plays this fall and, and definitely seize that moment let me throw one a more under the radar guy Jeremiah Stovall I think he is kind of a guy that nobody knows right now unless you're really a true grinder like Nate Klaus um but Jeremiah Stovall, um, as a corner, has been seeing a lot of time with the two defense, so uh, don't sleep on him either. What do you got, Dave? Uh, if Trey Bryant is at or near the top of the running back depth chart, will he still return kicks again this year? If not, who is going to? I kind of think he won't be the kick guy from what I've seen. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Nate, what's your read on that? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I mean, we haven't seen a ton of, of uh, kick returners. I think we've seen some, some guys catching punts and everything. Uh, but so far, it's kind of hard to get a, a great read or great feel on on who's going to be kick or returning those kickoffs. Um, but I would I'd probably venture to say that maybe Trey, if he does become the guy, uh, he probably won't be the returner. You might see someone like a Wyatt Mazur back there, Ty John Lindsay, Ty John Lindsay, you know, a uh, couple other guys too. So um, I, I would say if if he's if he does become the 
kind of the lead back, I, I don't think we'll see him on special teams near as much. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't see that being anything long-term for him. You know, Maybe he does at spot situations, but they have so many other guys that can fill that spot. And really, the kick return uh, with you know the rule changes is kind of an obsolete deal anyway. It's kind of now the position which you put uh, the Herald, the true freshman, just to keep him happy. It seems to be kind of the yeah. theme they've used the past few years. All right, we're uh, moving on here in the mailbag. Uh, are there any 2018 in-state kids who could receive a late offer from Nebraska? And after that, are there any 2019 in-state kids who are close to receiving offers? Well, 2018, I, I think, you know, maybe one guy to really keep an eye on would be Moses Bryant. Um, you know, he's obviously a tremendous athlete. I, I think that, uh, you know, his freshman and sophomore year of high school, you know, kind of put himself behind the eight ball academically, and he's working hard this summer to get that corrected. And, um, you know, and if if he does, and, and I think that he will, uh, I think we're really going to see him pick up a lot of attention and, and maybe even some late attention from Nebraska. 2019, I would say Chris Hickman, the, the tight end slash receiver out of Omaha Burke, um, you know, has already picked up a couple of big time offers was outstanding at Nebraska's Friday Night Lights camp. And I think that he's a kid who, um, you know, could be on the verge of, of landing a Nebraska offer at some point this season as long as he continues to do what I saw him do this summer. And it's real early. I mean, that 2019 class, there's already three, you know, three-star better guys that have emerged. And, and, and that's really good for this time of year in Nebraska. Next. Yeah, no doubt about that. Next question here. Uh, Robin, how does Thor compare talent-wise to our other incoming freshmen? Uh, much different. Um, as compare first and foremost to Thomas Allen, um, Thor is not nearly the shooter that Thomas Allen is. Um, he's much bigger. He's six five, whereas Thomas Allen's you know six foot, six one, maybe to be generous. Uh, so they're completely different body types, um, different styles of games. Um, they, so. You know, I don't think there's really much physical comparison there. And then the same thing with Nana Kenton. Um, you know, Nana's a big athlete. I mean, he's one of those freak athletes that can jump out of the gym. Um, is a really good three-point shooter. And really, again, that doesn't really fit what Thorier does. With Thorier, uh, Thor, Bar Thor Bjarnarsson. Bjarnarsson, sorry. Thor Bjarnarsson. I'm going to get it down. Can they just call him Thor? Yes, would, they, would that and they will. Will that confuse people with Thor Trip? Yeah, well, <laughs> we all know Thor Trip is a beast, but uh, this Thor, uh, his his game is when he's at his best is slashing to the the rim, creating in the paint, you know, with a floater or kicking out to an open teammate. And so he's a left-handed guy, uh, has a lot of international experience. He's an older kid, so he's different than what they have. And you know, with the questions around Anton Gill, um, I I think he's going to have to. to play a part in some capacity how much will remains to be determined it remains to be determined how anton recovers off that knee injury but um you know he's going to have a role and he will be a factor in some capacity this year all right we got time for at least a couple more here what do you got dave how do you guys feel about the depth at nose tackle right now how's the development coming well, at this point i mean stoltenberg is going to be a beast i mean you, you can't block that guy with just one player and i think he is kind of a franchise guy on this defense Peyton Newell, Damian Daniels would be the the two backups, and I think a lot of it is what can Damian Daniels provide? Can he give Nebraska, you know, ten to fifteen snaps a game? Because you can't play Mick, in my opinion, especially with his durability and injury issues. You don't want him out there seventy eighty snaps. Uh, John Perella likes to rotate in bodies. I'm sure Diaco does too. So uh, that's going to be one to watch. Yeah, I think they could, if they needed to, they could put Khalil Davis back inside too. Um, you know, he's a guy that has been working inside and out. Uh, so I mean, they have options. So really, I mean, especially after moving Peyton Newell to that nose spot full time, uh, I think the depth is actually pretty good at the nose. 
Yeah, I think Khalil Davis is kind of that X factor there. You know, if you do need to make a move, he can more than you know he, he could definitely take over there. And then you know, I'd throw DeAndre Thomas, uh, the true freshman, in the mix too. He, he was taking some reps there at nose tackle on Thursday, um, and he definitely looks the part there too. So out of any position on that defensive line, I, I think nose tackle is by far the deepest. All right, we got time for one quick one. You got something light to end on. It's 105 degrees out, and you're at the pool. You reach for a drink. What is that drink? Um, probably light beer. Coors Light. I mean, just keep it keep it real. I mean, I don't want a heavy beer in the heat. Corona Extra with a lime does not get any better than Fancy Cor- Boy Corona Extra <laughs> with a lime on a hot day. Uh, I will go with uh, I'll go with a, a Moscow Mule. Ooh. <laughs> Who's fancy now? Well, yeah. Copper mug? Copper yeah, mug copper at the pool? Absolutely. <laughs> Got to have a copper mug. Double lime. What's your drink at the pool? Bud Light's the only thing I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get you paid for this week's show, Dave. Thanks for uh, joining us here this week, Dave. And uh, we look forward to having you and Matt Reynolds back on board here for another year. Always a good time. All right, when we come back, we'll close the show with some recruiting talk. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. <laughs> This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus. As we do every week, we talk Husker recruiting. This is your really your most in-depth Husker recruiting segment you're going to get anywhere as Nate will update you on the latest on what's going on. And we got to start this week, Nate. We talked about it in last week's show, uh, but the commitment of wide receiver Cameron Brown. Um, you know, most of us saw this coming, but it finally was made official here to start the week and uh, a, a great kind of ending that dry spell Nebraska had been going through. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, um, things went from being completely ramped up in the spring, you know, following the spring game, you know, where Nebraska landed three or four commitments, big time commitments, and then seemed like every couple of weeks they were adding another guy. And the talk was all of a sudden, boy, this class, be could, be, yeah, this class could be done by July. And then, um, you know, Joshua Moore committed to Nebraska on June 18th. And uh, as far as 2018 commitments go, that was – things just dried up there uh, from June 18th all the way to uh, um, August 8th, I think it was. So, um, you know, Cameron Brown breaking that dry spell, getting, giving a little bit more momentum to the class, uh, to this 2018 class, I guess. Um, you know, and uh, as things kind of gear up for official visit season. But it was a big get. I mean, obviously, Nebraska wanted him um, badly. And, and uh, they, you know, wanted his commitment the first time. And, and I think you have to kind of tip your, your hat to the staff for continuing to recruit him. Because I think sometimes when a player does back off their commitment, um, you know, the way that, that it kind of happened with Cameron Brown, I think uh, sometimes teams are quick to go another direction. And, and uh, uh, Nebraska stuck with it. They uh, they continued to recruit him. And, 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 you know, credit to Cameron Brown, too, because he stuck with Nebraska. He said when he, when he announced that he was opening things back up that Nebraska would continue to be a school that he would, uh, you know, heavily consider in the recruiting process. And uh, he, he held true to that. I mean, he, he went to Friday Night Lights camp and, um, you kind of knew after that Friday Night Lights camp that that this is that he was probably going to end up back at Nebraska because that entire night he just had a smile from ear to ear, uh, was having a great time with the current commits and, and all the other recruits.
recruits and with Keith Williams and, and the entire coaching staff. Um, it was just a, extremely comfortable, uh, or he looked extremely comfortable out there. And um, and his mom was on campus for that visit too, which I think was was a big deal. So um, you know, so and we've talked about the the wide receiver position um, earlier in the show, and and this is uh, you know he's he's a guy that brings legit speed to that group. He's a 10 700 meter guy. He's a 41 inch vertical. Um, you know, he's a uh, very, very explosive player, had over a thousand yards receiving as a, as a junior, um, you know, playing on the same team as, as another top 100 wideout and uh, Cameron Babb. And, and I think now that, especially now that Babb is, is out for the season with an ACL, I think uh, Cameron Brown is, is going to have one heck of a senior season. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we, we talk uh, recruiting storylines with Nate. And um, Nate, one of the things we discuss here off air is maybe uh, big recruiting weekends. And uh, right now it's looking like that, uh, that Wisconsin game, uh, I believe it's October 7th in Lincoln, uh, is set to be maybe one of the big early weekends. Yeah, that's that's the game that, that it seems like a lot of players that I've talked with say that they're kind of eyeing uh, to take a visit to Nebraska to, whether it's for an official visit or unofficial visit. Um, I think we're going to see a handful of kids from IMG Academy up at that game. Uh, you're going to see some uh, some current commitments there for sure. I know Chase Williams, uh, the four-star cornerback out of Corona Roosevelt out in California, is going to be there, um, and he's more than likely going to be bringing um, his teammate, who's a 2019 four-star athlete, uh, Braden Huffman-Dixon, who's uh, just a dynamic athlete, um, was very impressed with him from what I saw uh, at Nebraska's California Satellite Camp. He, he's going to be on, on campus for that. Uh, Joshua Moore is going to be there. Um, you know, just uh, I think that's going to be one of those one of those giant weekends. You know, it seems like there's always one or two big weekends every fall. And for sure, Wisconsin's going to be that one. Uh, Ohio State will probably be another, which is just that next weekend. Um, and then I think the home opener, um, so far you've got Isaiah Crocker, who's a four-star wide receiver out of Sacramento. He's going to be coming in for that game. I know Cameron Brown has said that he's going to be coming in for an unofficial visit that weekend uh, to see the home opener. But I think uh, here in a couple weeks we'll, we'll have probably a list of five or six guys that end up coming in for that first one uh, for that home opener. And then that Wisconsin game will probably be – you know a double digit type of official visitor weekend and, and that's going to be big I mean you got the the alternate uniforms you, you you're you're playing a team that you legitimately probably should have beat two years in a row I mean or at but, least split at best or, or at least split yeah I mean so there's going to be I mean that place Memorial Stadium is going to be amped up for that weekend so it's going to be a, an unreal atmosphere um, for that game and, and just a, a great time to have a bunch of recruits in town Nate as far as the numbers of this class are you are you getting a sense now that it will definitely be closer to 20 or is it still hard to say you know it's still kind of hard to say uh but obviously not having uh Deontay Watts and and Elijah Blades make it uh, academically I think that automatically kind of gives you two spots in the class and and you know Mike Riley had said that 15 was going to be you know the max and and I always thought that you know even though he said 15 things would probably end up being closer to 17 uh well and now that that Watts and Blades are 
are out of the equation and, and not on the roster, I think that we'll see this uh, class kind of stretch out to that 19 and maybe even creep into 20 or maybe 21, depending on on how things kind of shake out. You know, it's always kind of a fluid situation. You've got Keyshawn Johnson Jr., who, uh, you know, the, the door is open for him to return in January. But uh, obviously, uh, we don't know if that's going to happen yet or not. Um, and, uh, and you never know what kind of attrition that there's going to be. There's always, you know, one or two guys that seems to to kind of leave, um, you know, between that uh, the spring or that fall semester and, and that spring semester. So I, I think that we'll probably see 19 to 21. That's kind of where I'm pegging it right now. Um, and, and that's a good deal because, you know, you look at who Nebraska is in on right now, and they're in on a lot of good, really good players. And, uh, and I think if they can kind of put together some momentum on the football field, that's really going to pay dividends uh, on the recruiting trail because the caliber of player that they're in on, I think that's part of the equation. They, they want to see Nebraska win. They want to see a good product on the football field and feel like they're going to be going to a place that, that is on the upswing and that could con, you know, contend for a big time title and, and possibly even more than that. So, um, you know, definitely I think things are kind of falling into the right place in terms of the numbers. Nate, as we wrap it up here, I do want to talk about uh, one of the new trends Nebraska's been doing. And I don't know if they started this or not on social media, but when it's a guy's birthday, we've seen uh, literally like the entire football staff of 30 plus people get together for a picture, send it out and do kind of a personalized birthday tweet, which, which is all within the new rules of recruiting. Um, your thoughts on this new method and did Nebraska actually start this? Yeah, I haven't seen it anywhere else. Um, you know, I, I can't say for sure that Nebraska started this, but the first time I'd ever seen it was when uh, Buki Radley Hiles tweeted it out when it was his birthday. Uh, and it, so you know that Nebraska probably sent him that picture in a direct message on Twitter or, or you know, texted it to him or something. But uh, so so Buki tweeted it out and and thanked you know the entire staff for the for showing him a little love on his birthday um and you're right the, you had the entire staff out there for buki everyone was holding up fours you know two fours because his number is 44 uh and you had mike riley right in the middle and he was actually holding a picture of he and buki you know of buki taking a, a selfie of uh, of he and coach riley so uh it was pretty unique uh, obviously nebraska can't put that out there and personalize it with a name or anything, but there's no denying, you know, who they're wishing a happy birthday to when there's a picture of that prospect right in the middle uh, of the entire staff. So, um, you know, it is unique, something different that, that I haven't seen. Um, you know, Manny Allen, the wide receiver commit, uh, just had a birthday the other day, and, and he tweeted that same type of picture out too. So this is probably going to become more of a, of a common practice, I would assume, and uh, and you're probably going to start seeing other staffs – you know, copycat it. Uh, that's kind of the way social media works. You know, uh, you see it all the time with these edits and everything. And, and uh, uh, kudos to Nebraska's social media department for getting creative. All right. Well, that wraps it up here for this week's edition of the Husker Online Show. We'll have complete coverage, obviously, here over the weekend and throughout the week as Nebraska uh, makes their way here through fall camp. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.